0: Second pick, the Philadelphia Eagles select Donovan McNabb, quarterback, Syracuse University. Jumping.
1: Hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Philly Frenetics Podcast. It's the first Eagles post game edition of the Philly Fanatics podcast for the 2022 season. I'm Joe. He's John. And, John, we flipped the script for week one of 2022. Usually, I'm the one watching the game, and you're the one that's listening on the road. You got to sit at home and watch an Eagles game for once. How was that?
0: Well, let's not go too far. Uh, I, I didn't tell you all this. I have a confession Uh-oh. to make. Uh-oh. So, yesterday, uh, I was doing a, a college football game in uh, dc
1: so i heard so i heard
0: so i it was it was a long day didn't get home until after midnight
1: everyone listening right now is like there's a college football team in dc yes yes there. Are. there's two of them i believe
0: uh, a couple yeah uh and so i made it through most of the eagles game until the two-minute warning uh i'll admit like i tried to Take a nap during halftime. It was a little struggle. Think of the cartoon where, like, the guy's trying to prop his eyes open. Uh, during the two-minute warning, I thought, I'll close my eyes. Like, when they come back from commercial, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be awake. Completely fell asleep. Um, what, the next time I woke up, I was watching a skull chant in Minnesota, wondering, what the heck uh, happened? So I did rewind the game and, and see what I what I saw. But the first thing I did was check Twitter and go, what did I miss?
1: So you saw 58 minutes of an Eagles game.
0: Technically, I saw all 60, but just not live. together. Yes, 58 live.
1: Uh, let's just dispense with this right out of the gate. For the first time in the long and storied history of Quick Picks, you won week one.
0: I, for the for the first time in <laughs> for the, the longest story, admitted it. <laughs> you
1: admitted it. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I don't think either one of us really hit the nail on the head, except uh, A.J. Brown was probably the best player on the field today. And, I think that, uh, that was
0: going to be my argument yeah. as well, too. <laughs> uh, I,
1: Way to go, picking the easy guy. I
0: You're jealous?
1: <laughs> um, well, I may or may not have been considering picking him, but then when I saw you did, I said, ah, will no, go another direction. We really should have installed some sort of like you can only take a guy twice all year sort of rule. Just to, you know, keep you honest. Um, I said after I was the guy who said, hey, we should probably stay away from the quarterbacks and then pick the quarterback every other. I week. mean, we could do it. There's always time. But we we'll can negotiate, negotiate that we'll later negotiate. that <laughs> later. But
0: honestly I was down to uh Brandon Graham. I don't know if he really registered uh many stats. But he did have uh, some quality pressures towards the end. We'll talk about it later. But you know, he was kind of the only one. You know, a la the Super Bowl, he he's got that motor where all of a sudden it seems like he peaks in the fourth quarter when everyone else starts to to fade. Um, and he started, you know, at least pressuring, causing some some problems. So that's what I was down to uh, in the QuickBooks logic of uh, you know if something happened on your end you know obviously the highlight of the game and i i don't know if you were able to see John it.
1: you just sound like a james bond villain explaining the logic of your brilliant plan to your your foe that you believe you've vanquished there's 17 more weeks 16 more games give it some time <laughs> no i mean this is the first time i think uh you've legitimately had the lead so <laughs> it could be it could be <laughs> Anyway, you were saying.
0: <laughs> but I don't know if you saw the, the 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 play of the game defensively, though. And again, we'll get into a little bit more detail later. But that uh, that nice little deflection off of Kazero White right into uh, to Bradbury's hands rolls right into the end zone for the for the pick six. Uh, you know, it was a thing of beauty. It's something to be excited about. When I was awake, <laughs> it was probably the, the highlight of the game.
1: I um, I got into the car. After leaving work, I'd been following along, and I saw it was 7-0 Detroit right out of the gate. It's like, you know, I kind of thought that would happen. And then the next time I look, it's 21-7. I'm like, oh, okay. I get into the car. Detroit had just scored, and the Eagles had that drive that fizzled out at the 4. So as soon as I turn the car on, A.J. Brown has the long pass. I get home. The first play that I see is the onside kick. (laughs) And, And I don't know who it was that recovered it. But it was a very good recovery. Obviously, they were aware that Dan Campbell likes to do stuff like that, and they were prepared for it. So kudos to the special teams unit uh, for that. And I think that's really the only unit we can just straight up kudos. We have have our qualms with the others that we will talk about. (laughs) But first, hey, John, on this first Eagles victory podcast of, of the season, what are you drinking?
0: Well, I thought I was going to be toasting the kings of, uh, of the NFC East. But unfortunately, right now, it's just ginger ale because I, 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 don't, I don't have anything to make it official. Hey, Joe, what are you drinking?
1: Well, John, unlike you, I you know had some sort of similar idea and I backed it up. We're going with Victory Scotch, John. Got to keep it classy. Got to keep it, you know, borderline tipsy. Eagles won, man. You get your free coffee tomorrow morning from a local establishment who will not be named. You get your scotch on Sunday night. As you like to say, what could possibly go wrong giving me a glass of scotch and a microphone?
0: We'll find out.
1: (laughs) And that was What Are You Drinking? Brought to you this week by Charles Barkley. Congratulations to the round mound of rebound. Something must have happened. I've seen Charles trending on Twitter all weekend. So congratulations to you, Charles Barkley. Obviously, John, uh, the Charles that was trending is is there's a new king in England or of the UK, of however many countries there are. Um, any thoughts on the passing of the queen? Not really. <laughs> I just, it, it's the, the, the 70 years, uh, quote unquote, leading the country, representing the country. It's just mind boggling. I was talking to one of my coworkers on Thursday and I said, not only, and I looked it up, not only. Like, obviously, she was the queen for the entire time we were alive. Me, him, you. She was the queen for the entirety of my mother's life. My mom was born a few months after she ascended to the throne. Like, that is so long ago. It's such a long time. And the one thing that that, that, that strikes me, there's two groups of people that I just I don't understand. One is American people who obsess over the royals right like that would be the why weddings. yep that's yeah, why I, I automatically <laughs> deflected to not really they, they watch the weddings they, they follow all of this kind of stuff i mean on some level it's going to be fascinating what happens over the next week or so simply because most of the people on the planet have never seen it right and and the brits like to put on a show with this stuff but i i just i just don't understand the fascination with the the other group of people, though, are the people that are just very violently like we fought a war not to to be concerned about this. And Two. and like they're super critical. And it's like, no, just one, just the revolution. They try to come back a few years <laughs> later, but no. <laughs> um, the, th- those people like just shut up. Let people like what they like. I don't understand the fascination, but I'm not out there like, I don't know, belittling people. Like, Like what you like, it's fine. Unless you like a New York sports team or a Boston sports team or whatever. In which case, don't like what you like. Or Orlando, as we'll talk about later. (laughs) We'll get into that. (laughs) Don't you worry. We'll get into that. But, I mean, I I just was trying to cover my bases so that, that, you know, nobody could say I was being hypocritical. Because we don't ever do that on this show.
0: Uh, well, not me, at least. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, though, uh, I will say, like as a as a history former history major, uh, I'm fascinated by the tradition of it. So, watching that part of it, I am interested to see, um, you know, what what goes on. There's there's a lot of little things that are steeped in sent like literal centuries of tradition. So that part of it that is interesting to watch, but. Kind of beyond that, I think the Eagles beating the Lions might have been the bigger story this week.
1: <laughs> well, I guess I'll take that as a cue. The Eagles beat the Lions 38-35, and uh, there was a lot to like, there was a lot not to like, and so we, we did this a little bit last year, and I thought it was, it was a good way to talk about the game. We're going to talk about what we liked, one thing for each of us, and what we didn't like one thing for each of us and surely that will keep things tight and together and we won't still be talking about you know defensive sets in the third quarter come a half hour from now so john
0: what could go wrong
1: <laughs> what did you say uh, we'll find out john what did you like about today's game i have a feeling i know what it's going to be
0: i'll state the obvious aj brown yeah not only like does it look good in the stat line it you know, for those of us who are able to watch the game and or stay awake for the whole game, um, you could see him kind of bailing his, his quarterback out. Uh like there was at least one play that I'm thinking about early on where he was underthrown, but it's the first time I really you know, it's something like it's something akin to um what we saw with James Harden first came here obviously I knew AJ Brown was good obviously I knew James Harden was good but when you see them play for your team all of a sudden you get a little bit more excited you pay a little bit more attention (laughs) and you could see how he was able to to come forward uh, Bell's quarterback out with a ball that nobody would have blamed him if he didn't get to it Uh, so having that connection right away was awesome to watch Uh, it was interesting to see, uh, Smith, not really a factor, but apparently James, uh, James, apparently Jalen Hurts came up to him (laughs) and, uh, right, right afterwards and said like, Hey, you're going to get yours, which tells me, uh, next week could be a part of our, our quick picks, but, uh, not, not to give too much away.
1: Well, I don't know who James Hurts is, but uh, take his word for it.
0: (laughs) I I just, I just morphed South Philadelphia. Like you know, we'll start seeing like a a Fletcher Johnson, and you know,
1: AJ Brown is a legit top flight NFL receiver, right? Like one of the best in the league. I am trying to think off the top of my head. Terrell Owens was the last time we had one of those in town. Who am I missing?
0: It's tough like because we
1: thought Alshon Jeffrey. He turned out right. he was he was like just a step below, right? In he one had year, been one of those guys, yeah. Like
0: one year where he was kind of those guys, but you could tell the difference. Like, um, like Jeremy Macklin's a good case for that, where he was one of the better receivers in the league, but then you see the difference between him and then the next level. It's the same kind of thing where we saw with T.O. where we. St- like, you, you see guys and you, you start to think of, like, this is why L.J. Smith might be good and things like that. <laughs> and then you see, like, oh, there's a whole other level to this, and A.J. Brown is that whole other right. level to it.
1: You might make an argument for Deshaun Jackson, but I've it's, never it's different. really thought of him as being the upper echelon elite. And, and I hate to, to 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 judge a player based on, like, a fantasy team thing, but that's how a lot of people – interact with the game nowadays A.J. Brown's going to be one of the first receivers taken in your fantasy draft Deshaun Jackson never was Alshon Jeffrey never was
0: I think I mean legitimately you might have to go I back to just saying like, it
1: like that but <laughs> you know like, what I mean
0: exactly I think legitimately you might have to go back to, uh, to early Mike Quick And maybe Harold Carmichael, but
1: it's too far. Terrell Owens was probably the best receiver in the NFL when he was here. (laughs) But you know, (laughs) that's
0: how far back you have to go.
1: Yeah, I have to give Jalen Hurts a compliment. What Uh, he he used? Yeah, I know, right? He used his legs very effectively today. I thought, from what I saw, from what I heard, Uh, he had a lot of rushing yards. I think it was ninety. He was second on the team his his abilities as a runner are what makes him effective as a quarterback and there there was one play in the the third quarter where i think it was the third quarter might have been in the fourth where they had they had a like third and long and and he ran out of it or he ran to like almost to the, to the line to gain and then you know I, I believe he had a sneak that put the game away if uh, I don't know if, if on your rewatch since you were asleep, if you saw that, um, I'm I'm pretty sure I that's did. the play. I did. I I've, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> officially caught up on the entire game. <laughs> um, but I, I think that I think it was him. He just he you know he he did the quarterback sneak thing. And if they're able to obviously you know take last year's rushing attack, they ran for over 200 yards today. If if they're able to take that and have Hertz be a big part of it. Shout out to Miles Sanders, almost put a hundred up, but having that weapon there is, is going to be huge because it's, it's one that you can't really shut down. It's one that you can contain and control, but you can't shut it down because if you're playing the run or the pass, then the quarterback t- you know takes off. He's not usually part of the, of, of the run that you're, that you're stacked up against. Right. And if you're playing the pass, he's going to have open lanes. But I bring this up because we got to talk about what we didn't like and what I didn't like was Jalen Hurts' arm, which I will talk about more extensively. But what were your thoughts on the running game today and specifically Jalen Hurts and how he fits in there? Now, you
0: didn't get to watch this, but early on, um, that was the only thing that was going well. Uh, They weren't getting a whole lot. Time will tell. If this Detroit defense is actually good and, you know, if they were, if they're feisty to match their head coach, they were obviously pumped up by a sellout crowd. They were tough early on. Time will tell if, you know, the Eagles really had to fight through a, a defense that was like living up to the biggest Lions game since whenever. Uh, And then the, the other counterpoint to that is I'm worried that we're back to, here we go with the slow starts again. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's week one. Don't want to judge too much on that. But early on, he kept them going. He bailed them out time and time again. So we'll see. But I was encouraged. I think there were some times where he defaulted to that. But, maybe, like maybe a little too quickly, but you know he might not have really had the looks, anyways. So he just made the the quick decision, and we didn't really see last year where he deviated from that, with, uh, with the exception of when he was injured and he really couldn't run, and then he kind of looked downfield a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So we'll again we'll see as time goes on, but it seems like that part of it, sort of where he has this quick reaction to run. That really hasn't changed too much.
1: And a big part of that might be the fact that what I'm about to say, maybe he knows as well as anyone. Today, he did not have the arm. Nothing looked any different than last year. And maybe that's Nick Sirianni's fault because he didn't play much in the preseason. He's he's in the situation where he probably needed to get more actual game reps where guys are trying to hit him. And he has to make throws in specific timing, right? Like he I, I I can't stress to you how Homer the Eagles radio broadcast is. And I know you know and, and probably everybody listening knows. And and that's fine. They're they're a team broadcast, they're not a national broadcast, but I'm I'm fairly certain that if you cut Merrill Reese, he literally bleeds green, right? The only, only question and-
0: midnight or Kelly.
1: <laughs> it's a little mix. It depends once it hits the air. Um, Merrill Reese and Mike Quick were being critical of Jalen Hurts' throws. Mike Quick was criticizing Jalen Hurts, and it was throws to the wrong side of the body, throws to the wrong side of 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 where the guy's going that don't allow him to get any momentum going. Like if those guys are being critical, yikes and if if that's what's gonna happen like and it's week one it's very easy to say oh it's week one well, you know what you should have gotten that out of your system in the preseason that's why they play those games isn't it
0: I mean, theoretically, I, I, this is the kind of thing, you know, they'll oh, you mean say like, you
1: weren't involved in the discussion for why, why NFL preseason was created. <laughs> I mean, if it it's was all up theoretical to me, for us, John. <laughs>
0: if it was up to me, they wouldn't have any of them, but that is a whole other, discussion. although it's
1: obvious that they need some sort of actual competition.
0: Well, that's the other part when you, you know, you look at, you know, the slow starts and things like that, that could be why, um, and we see this every week. And I erroneously didn't factor this into the the quick picks. Usually week one is pretty high scoring because tackling is imprecise. And Mm -hmm. we saw that a lot today. I will get into that later. But they will be happy that they're healthy. And there is something to be said for that as well. That's not a small thing. And they did escape with this win. But... These are the kind of kinks that had they faced a different opponent where this wasn't kind of a preseason game, but it, it mattered. Uh, <laughs> Folks in
1: Detroit are going to be lighting you up on Twitter.
0: You know where to find me.
1: <laughs> the one person who maybe has ever been to Detroit. <laughs> it might be me. <laughs> and I was only to the Detroit airport. but <laughs> That counts.
0: <laughs> but in reality, they, they escaped with a hopefully he does improve as the season goes on, but you don't necessarily like, you don't want to be saying that about that position again,
1: a a team with, with this many running backs that it likes to use and and a big running game, you would expect there's going to be some screen throws too. Right. And there were some screen passes. You cannot throw those passes behind guys short of guys Like you, you got to put it so the guy can run into it. That's the point of the play and if he's not able to put those throws where they need to be he cannot play in the NFL and it's week 1 of his second year as a starter and nothing has changed it's week 1 okay everybody is going to be zeroing in on this now and i don't just mean us as fans i mean other teams they're they're going to say okay now they and maybe that's why he didn't play because they knew he wasn't there, and they didn't want teams to get that tape on him. I don't know. Well, guess what? Now it's there again. And, you know, whatever it is that causes that, if it's if its a little added pressure, if it's, if it's just that he can't do it, I, I don't know. These defensive coordinators are going to figure it out, and it's going to be a problem. And what is also going to be a problem is if you open up a big lead after three quarters and you can't hold on to it. So... There's another segue for you, John. What did you not like about today's game?
0: Well, this is another thing we saw last year. (sighs) This is a pet peeve of mine. It's probably a pet peeve of a lot of people watching at home. But when all of a sudden big lead opens up and your team starts playing prevent defense.
1: I wouldn't say pet peeve. I would describe it as a thing that causes people to throw things at televisions. More likely.
0: I mean, I probably Um, (laughs) I I, I don't get it Especially when you're on the road and it's early These things happen You had Jared Goff on the other side And you still couldn't do it
1: Also known as Jared (laughs) Goffle I guess that name's not going to stick Oh well, I tried (laughs) You should see the look that John just gave me (laughs) Can we uh, can we wrap up the pod now? Just you, you know where to find his Twitter? John's career. gonna walk out of the studio, and by studio, I mean his own apartment.
0: So, man, you're so rattled. The, I'm sorry, the, 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 that was just that was just, the Eagles that, defense wasn't good in the second that half. That was no. actually that pun was the only thing worse than the Eagles defense in the second half. But there's there's <laughs> things insulting. to do, yeah. Oh, well, mm-hmm. but there, I can't. Come on, like we've seen this before. You know, I keep hearing about how Jonathan Gannon is this genius. And again, we'll see. It's early. It's week one. But I think you have to know, you have to keep up the pressure a little bit longer in the game than he did. I think he got a little bit too comfortable. This happened last year. There were some late comebacks. I don't know if it really bit them too much. Honestly, it really, when it came down to it, they still won. But you should not have escaped that game. That game was over.
1: Yeah, it's it's another one of those things where you might be able to say, well, you know, it's week one, the guys weren't entirely, you know, in I don't want to say game shape, but like you know what I mean. Like they weren't fully where they, they need to be to, to keep that up throughout the, the entirety of, of the game, but that's not an excuse, right? Like they they have to play more in the preseason than they have to play more in the preseason. Like that's it's, if it's a recurring theme, you got to do something to change it. And that's not going to fly against the better teams. Just like you're saying next week, the Eagles host the Minnesota Vikings on Monday night football home opener, prime time. I I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Kirk cousins is going to be a step up from (laughs) what you face this week. He's got, a pretty solid wide receiver, in cor- wide receiver in core. Is that what I just called them?
0: <laughs> Maybe he could throw to Jalen <laughs> The, uh, the,
1: uh, I- I'll call him the once, uh, former, the former once future Eagle, Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen and the former actual Eagle Jalen Rager <laughs> to throw to, <laughs> in his wide receivering core, uh, you're not going to be able to get away with whatever they did today next week. That that's, that's really got to be the area of concern, right?
0: Yeah. Whatever the over under is on Justin Jefferson yards, I would take the over.
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of over under, but not really, uh, we mentioned last week that we were going to do our wins pool draft because we just straight up totally forgot about it. (laughs) Um, So I won last year. I I discovered that you won the year before. I had totally blanked that out of my memory.
0: That I remembered.
1: (laughs) Um, I won last year, so I had the the, the choice of of when to go. I deferred, and you took the first pick, and you made this whole thing out of, I can't believe I'm about to do this, and you took the Buffalo Bills, the preseason Super Bowl favorite. Where did you find the courage? I mean these are not your your granddad's bills. They're they're not they're not you 20 years ago's bills. <laughs>
0: they're not 20 like 2.
1: <laughs> they're not like 4 years ago's bills either.
0: I the can't believe was I can't believe I had no other choice. Like they were the one.
1: <laughs> you you literally had all of the choices. <laughs> but I followed up with Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Now all all three of those teams won their games today. Good for us. Well, Buffalo won their game on Thursday, rather. Uh, you then took Green Bay, who got handled, if I if I uh, am not mistaken, yeah, by that, Minnesota.
0: That pick does not make me feel good right now.
1: Yeah. Well, you want to talk about a pick that makes you not feel too good? Uh, I took Tennessee. Honestly, we, we were doing it today, and uh, I could not believe that they did not beat the Giants. <laughs> i immediately regretted that choice uh, as soon as i saw because that's the team we talked about last week as being pretty good potentially and my strategy was to try to take division winners right and now tennessee is a half game behind the colts and texans who tied on opening day
0: save that one for posterity
1: now i don't mind a tie we talked about oh, i like soccer i don't mind a tie i feel like if you tie in week one that should be a loss like that shouldn't, that shouldn't count, but you took Baltimore, uh, a good pick. I ended up with the LA Rams as my last pick because I'm not really worried about Thursday night's, uh, handling, I guess we'll call it. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I didn't see a lot of that game because I was the bowling alley, but every time I turned around, it seemed like the Bills score got higher and the Rams store Rams score rather stayed where it was. Uh, but with your last pick, John, you want to tell everybody who you're riding to try to win this wins, pick that'd
0: be the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Have you ever heard of the emotional hedge, John, where you pick your team to lose so that if they lose, you're miserable because they lost, but at least you were right, or you you don't you know you don't draft one of your guys in fantasy because you don't want the the double whammy of of, of your your team and your team getting hurt?
0: That does not apply here
1: it does not apply here
0: yeah <laughs> i mean when you look at the nfc i was annoyed that you took tampa bay because i had was, again
1: the choice of the entire league but go ahead Yeah, <laughs> there you go
0: I, I was trying to focus on nfc teams because the afc is more competitive especially with quarterbacks you kind of took and then when i looked at who to take that list is actually very small. Uh, so there really wasn't another know, option. Right? That's, that's why I went right to Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden you're, you know, you're drafting catchers in fantasy baseball where there's only like three and then everybody else is kind of about the same. So then, you know, when I looked at it, you know, I'm looking at the Cowboys, they've got a ton of issues, especially on offensive line. So they could be very good. They could also be very medium. Uh, so, I didn't feel comfortable, and then there's the obvious moral conundrum that's tied with that. <laughs> and then you know the Eagles, I think, have a shot at least. Um, they they could be around that ten, eleven wins. You know, anyone listening to last week's pod knows where <laughs> I was we. I'll say we've feel. already
1: we've already revised downward after today.
0: <laughs> but if you know if Dallas is mediocre and the Eagles can do pretty well in the division and you know like they have a chance to all of a sudden go from an 11 win team to maybe 12 13 etc i'm not predicting it especially after watching you know that second half
1: at 8:48 p.m john declared.
0: <laughs> but the, i think they have a chance to to tack on a couple of extra wins where i don't know if i'm comfortable with any other team certainly not san francisco certainly not la which you took I'm worried about the Super Bowl hangover there I'm worried about you know a younger quarterback I'm worried you know out in San Francisco so I wouldn't necessarily depend on that
1: well I was counting on the veteran quarterback not you know falling too far off in Matt Stafford I wasn't worried about his competition funny uh, looking at it we each took a team from from a different division we, we we both have two afc and nfc teams and all eight divisions are represented there, there's no duplicate teams which you know it, it should make things more competitive as we go so right now as we record on sunday night with tampa bay and dallas not yet or just getting started rather i guess uh, i'm i have one win i'm one and two you are three and one Oh, boy. Off to a great start. <laughs> stop the count. <laughs> well, we're going to stop this segment and take a break. And when we come back, there's other sports in town that are playing. Uh, the Phillies, uh, they, they, they drove us to a fairly depressing half of a show last week. Uh, a 1-5 in five week begat a 5-1 in one week as they swept the Nationals this evening. We'll talk about them a little bit. And then... We have another Twitter feud of the week that John alluded to earlier, and that's how we're going to get our union talk in. So stick around. We'll be right back. Back here on the Philly Frenetics podcast. John, I know we said it's an Eagles victory show, but we got to talk about the Phillies. We got to talk about the Union. Credit to the Phillies, right? Last week, they shook your confidence a lot more than they shook mine. So really, credit to me for Hmm. not not believing anymore. (laughs) Let's not go that far. (laughs) Uh, One in five West Coast road trip leads to a five in one homestand against Florida or, or Miami? Wow, <laughs> you you were making that mistake the whole time, and now you got me doing it. <laughs> A five and one home stand against Miami and Washington, uh, two not very good teams. Uh, they did what they're supposed to do, right? Would you like to see them go six and zero? Of course, you can't win them all. That's not how baseball works. We we were <laughs> playing the record tonight. We're like, all right, we're going to talk about the Eagles. The Phillies will have wrapped up their, their home stand, and then we'll throw in the Union. And we just barely got the Phillies game in <laughs> thanks to a rain delay. I was a little mad to see that they started that game, uh, knowing how the weather was. Uh, just a waste of Aaron Nola today.
0: Unless that was intentional. to No, there's
1: no way that was intentional. Yeah. There's no way; <laughs> it's not worth the risk. They they wouldn't do that with him. Um, but uh, hey, Sir Anthony Dominguez is back. Had a nice inning today.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's good to see him back. That's huge because yeah. had he been back, they might have actually gone six and zero. That that one game against the Marlins, you could tell the bullpen was barely keeping it together.
1: Right, and if he's we say back, but if he's back, back, like, like whatever was wrong with him was just a blip and he's healed and he's okay, the, 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 the ability to put him back into the back end of the bullpen slides everybody else up an inning, right? And, and that's where the problems have been. Guys have been pitching in roles that maybe you don't normally have them in, but you did because your eighth, ninth inning guy was out. That's often where bullpens go off the rails. And we've seen it here. But halfway, <laughs> we've certainly seen the off the rails part. But having him back, getting Zach Eflin, you know, how would you use him? W- would you use him as as maybe someone that you stack with Ranger Suarez? I say this after he pitched into the seventh inning yesterday. But is he a guy that you would stack with Suarez? Is he someone that you'd rather use for two innings every third day? Or, or, or you replacing Bailey Falter? What are you doing with Zach Eflin?
0: I like to see him as more of a a long man. I know that's the, not really something that exists uh, a, a lot now. That's something that was from a a previous generation, really. <laughs> but you know, you might have um, a last minute double header to, to keep him around for. Maybe you do stack him with Bailey Falter as well. You know, he's pitching well. I wouldn't take him out of the rotation. He's, he's very much a quality start guy, <laughs> like yeah. the little literal definition, but that's not a small thing. So I would leave him in, see if he continues to improve. I wonder if long term Eflin's future is actually in the bullpen doing a role like that because it doesn't look like he can hold up over the course of a complete season. So it might be worth experimenting with that. I mean, he's probably not really built up for more than a, a few innings, really, anyways. So maybe you throw him like twice a week at three innings, whatever that is. and One you just, time
1: through the order when he pitches.
0: Yeah, like, you know, you, you could have him do set days. You could match him up with a specific pitcher. You could sort of wait to see what happens in the game. Uh, you know, the Phillies open up a big lead. Maybe you can all of a sudden rest a guy instead of having him stretch out to the, you know, the sixth inning, maybe take him out in the fifth. Um, Because at this point you are trying to just make it, you know, the standings are close enough to where you you have a lead, but you're not, you don't have to press everyone all of the time. You've got a little, very little padding.
1: Yeah, you're you're trying to salt away a game, so to speak. Like like, I look at it as you're up nine to five in the seventh inning, right? You want to add on if you can, but you just got to keep the other team at bay. You just got to get outs. That's kind of where they are. I think uh, you looked it up. You said they are three and a half ahead of Milwaukee, and they're one and a half ahead of San Diego. They're currently sitting in that second wild card spot. That's not a big lead, but it's not a tiny one. Like it's you can lose two games in a row and not lose your spot, you know, and I'm not trying to speak that into existence, of course. But they're in a situation where they are obviously they're they're not chasing the Mets. They're not chasing the Braves, but they're being chased. And the way you win games in September and then into October is quality pitching because you're going to be facing better teams and you're going to be facing better pitchers. So your offense will necessarily almost be reduced. You need to be able to do the same thing to other teams. And if Zach Eflin can provide you three, four innings a week, good innings a week, I should add that modifier there. Always. Then, (laughs) then, uh, you know, wh- whatever gets you to the finish line, and if he's throwing well and, and finds his way onto a potential postseason roster, great for him. You're talking about his future being in the bullpen. I'm wondering if his future is in another city, right? And the Phillies are going to have a decision to make. He could potentially not be a part of this team moving forward. So they're going to want to see him, and I'm just curious what role, you know, do they think the same way you do? Or do they look at him as, no, no, he's, you know, a third or fourth starter? for this group when he's back and healthy, you know, and does his run into the end of the season here and his performance affect what they do with Noah Syndergaard, you know, and then down the line. So I'm, I'm happy to see him back. And obviously we talked about Sir Anthony Dominguez, Bryce Harper finally hit a home run, got off the schneid there a little bit. I was talking to a friend last night and, and he pointed out that when, uh, Harper got hit in the face last year. He he took a little while to get back, and then once he did, he he caught fire. So hopefully the timing is a little similar this year, that uh, he's kind of just getting his legs back under him. And uh, maybe, maybe the last week of September starts to heat up. We'll see what happens. But ultimately, I think they're back on track, I think is the best way to put it.
0: Just as a very quick aside, when I was looking at the standings, we don't do those,
1: John. <laughs> what
0: the quick or the aside? The quick,
1: the quick part. I think this is all asides. <laughs> uh,
0: I noticed when I was looking at the um, the standings, the the plus minus the uh, for run differential, the Dodgers have a plus three hundred and ten run differential this year. <laughs> The next closest team is the Yankees, who at one point might have been on pace for that. That's been very fun to watch from uh, from further down i ninety five but the next closest team is the Yankees with plus two zero six. so there is more than a hundred runs separating the Dodgers and everyone else. That's a hundred runs of differential, of differential hundred yeah.
1: runs speaking of big differentials, John. Here I go with another great segue. The Union continue to score goals like crazy. A 5-1 beatdown of Orlando City last night. They are at plus 46 for the season in goal difference. The league record is 48, and they still have three matches left. I believe I saw that since the start of July in 13 matches, they've scored 46 and conceded 7. So they're on pace to destroy... Offensive goal differential records while also conceding the fewest goals in a 34-game season in league history. I think they have a five-goal buffer over these last three games. But the performance of the team, they're, they're three points away from clinching first in the East, one point away from clinching a spot in the Champions League, which is the CONCACAF Champions League, not... Not not the, the European one that everybody actually likes. Um, <laughs> it's not the actual prestigious one. But I don't bring it up for any of those reasons, even though I shoehorn them in anyway. John, we have a Twitter feud of the week. You're never going to guess who's involved.
0: Actually, I would because you sent me something I may or may not have sent <laughs> something to you last night. I saw it after <laughs> I got home. Which, by the way, logging on to Twitter... Uh, and finding Benetton a dm for me a- has
1: got to be the most frightening thing <laughs>
0: like oh no what is happening
1: <laughs> uh the twitter feud of the week is me versus at orl city it means orlando city orlando city central is a fan account for orlando city breaking news rumors insider info etc um and then uh and then the person puts their personal account handle in there. I just noticed I'm not going to share that. But uh, this, this, is, this is strictly Union and Orlando based. It's not, it's not personal. There was a sequence in the game where Jose Martinez, who, if you've listened to any of our interviews with Matt DeGeorge in the past, Jose Martinez is quite the character. Um, it, it's a miracle anytime he doesn't get a yellow card to match. And I tweeted basically. To, to, to that point, if Jose Martinez manages to go unbooked tonight, it should count as a miracle toward canonization for the saint of your choosing. Hashtag dupe. Now, I said that because Jose Martinez got hacked down. There should have been a foul. There was no foul. The referee, very, I won't say he was very bad. He was He was more hands off than you needed to be in a game that got that chippy that quick. When you had one of the best teams in the league playing against a team who had just won a trophy. Orlando won the U S open cup midweek. They were playing a lot of bench guys. Those games often end up chippy. He gets taken down. There's no call. He pops up and I couldn't see from my seat exactly what had happened. Cause I wasn't really looking at him. I was looking at the ball, um, gets into it with somebody that guy hits the ground. The Orlando guys are waving, looking for something. There were a lot of people on Twitter Screaming and he should have gotten a red card for a, a headbutt. Okay, so I said when there was not there was not even a foul called, let alone a card given out in the situation. So I said if Jose Martinez manages to go on book tonight, it should count as a miracle toward canonization for the saint of your choosing. ORL City says should already have a red card and a separate yellow card. Now, I, I don't follow our ORL City, Oral City. Uh they don't follow me. They clearly were clicking on the dupe hashtag to find tweets about the game. There's no other there's no other explanation. This fellow was was trying to be outraged, right? And I wrote back, one of those plays wouldn't have happened if the first call against the OCSC player had been made. So Shrug Emoji. And he wrote, but it did, so Shrug Emoji. He literally got away with a blatant headbutt. So go ahead and shut your mouth. Now, John, I don't know about you, but when I tweet, I don't say the tweets out loud when I do it. So My <laughs> mouth was shut and then it was open cheering for my team scoring goals on this guy's team's head. So then I found a tweet from Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Broad who had a video clip of the incident. And yeah, it, it's he should have gotten a yellow card. It's a very clear chest bump
0: hundred percent. I, I, I watched it Yeah. and I watched it when this was sent out and I'm rewatching it now. There's no doubt.
1: Right. And so I wrote asterisk chest bump, enjoy the rest of the match friend. That's like starting a, you know, I'm not your friend guy. I'm not your guy, buddy. You know, that sort of thing. Thanks bud. And, uh, his reply was, do you understand where someone's chest is hint? It's not on their face. I, 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 I do know, in fact, where someone's chest is, and that's that's what he used. Now, as Kevin Kincaid followed up with, if he may have hit the guy in the mouth with his chest, he's probably going to be suspended. And considering how union matches in Atlanta have gone, it might not be the worst thing in the world for Jose Martinez not to go to Atlanta this coming weekend. But I, I, I got to say, there's mad, there's big mad, and then there's Orlando City fans When they play the union, there's this belief that the union get all of the calls. All right. Someone's like, Oh, no card because Philly, because Philly, wait a minute, because Philly, the league would love nothing more than for the union to bottle this and choke in their first playoff game. And to have LA win the Supporters shield in first place and have the union absolutely biff it, the league would love nothing more.
0: This reminds me of a conversation I had with my cousin years ago where we always have a stereotype about drivers from new jersey i'm sure you've thought them before my cousin living in new jersey then countered with a stereotype about pennsylvania drivers and it's the first time i thought well wait a minute we're doing something wrong too so i feel (laughs) like in this situation when you hear because philly it's like wait a minute what like that doesn't that doesn't
1: there's You're an cute. assumption there's yes. an assumption of favoritism towards us and it's like come on but apparently they believe that every match between the union and orlando city the union have gotten all the calls and they've gotten all the breaks and it's like all right well in this instance you intentionally ran out an inferior side because you know 3 or 4 days ago you played in a, a final for a trophy and they did point out that they beat the union in their first game in that competition and they did I don't think the union particularly care right now as they are steamrolling everyone on their path and they're they're trying to win the late title. But this perception that, that we, we caught a break. I'm sorry. Your coach put out the lineup he put out because he knew his chances of winning that game weren't very good. There was no reason to get his guys hurt or extra tired. Cause I think they have another game next week before the union play again. So it, it just blew my mind. The idea that Philly is getting favorable treatment absolutely blew my mind. The Orlando City fans, all of you out there, if any of you stumble upon this, you are the weakest of sauces. All right. There were four Orlando City people sitting in like the second row behind the goal. And credit to them, I mean, they were good sports about it. They knew they were going to get sacrificed to the soccer gods. And eventually they did. And so when Orlando scored a goal late on, they celebrated, you know, big time. I thought it was pretty tongue in cheek. There was a guy a few rows behind them started yelling at them. I was more annoyed at the union fan that was yelling at them than the Orlando fans in attendance. Like, come on, man. Like, chill out. Your team's up 4-1, 5-1. Let them have their fun.
0: Well, I mean, how many times have you gone to, I'll say specifically a Phillies game, but almost any sporting event, this applies to. You know, your team's getting hammered. You're down twelve nothing, and then you know a your sacrifice. Team's getting
1: hammered. You're getting hammered. The <laughs> yeah,
0: sacrifice fly brings in a run. It's all of a sudden it's 12-1. Cheer. Yeah, and then it's like, <laughs> hey, or like you know, the pitcher has watched walk the bases loaded, has not thrown a strike. That he throws one, or the umpire yes, calls exactly. it. That's like the <laughs> derisive cheer. Yeah. Um. So you know you get that in and it's it's fun it's it's part of the game so anyone who kind of leans into that now it depends on always like how it's done but you know just just roll with it have fun yeah.
1: so the villain of the week at orl city runner up the guy that was sitting a few rows behind the orlando city fans but it's entirely possible that the union could host orlando in their first playoff game and uh when it comes to the game itself, I honestly, I don't like playing a team that you've played this kind of match with so soon. It would be only a month from now. I'd rather not play them if it could be avoided, but if the union do play Orlando City, I can't wait for this guy to to get all you know like big and twitter strong uh during that game, and then after God forbid the union should lose but uh <laughs> The, the, the Twitter feud of the week came back, and uh, I, you know what? I'm happy to have been a part of it. I think I took the high road, what with being correct and not, you know, getting into the weeds later on.
0: I'm sure that's what he thinks, too.
1: <laughs> well, on that note, John, uh, a little news. You're out next week, I hear. I'll
0: be in Denver for my cousin's wedding. That'll be It'll be fun. Unfortunately, I will not be able to watch the Eagles game because when they play— I'll be at a concert at Red Rocks, so.
1: Where are your priorities?
0: the The Red Rocks amphitheater, done for <laughs> who, Colorado. Who who are you seeing? Uh, the War on Drugs, Philly Zone.
1: So you're I, going three I, quarters the way across the country to see a band from Philly. <laughs>
0: well, and I legitimately could be seeing them here on the the previous Friday, but <laughs> I I've seen them here. I haven't seen them out there.
1: It's 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 cliche. It's old hat.
0: I'm debating, though, like, do, do I wear, you know, an Eagles jersey or, or something to Don't be see seen? Well, it could be the only person there with a Javon Kirst jersey.
1: <laughs> I, I, I will go as far as to say is you will be the only one there. I didn't mention it. John, late in the game, there was an Eagles chant. Last night, there was an E-A-G-L-E-S. I know you had asked me uh, last week, the week before, and it finally happened. But I think it was more of uh, the Eagles start tomorrow. We're killing this team. Go Eagles sort of thing. But it it did it, it, it bother me. Not as much as the lady that tried to start the wave. It's the same woman. She always does it. She always has a big tall can of seltzer or mixed beverage in her hand when she does it. But it happened. Right after I told you it hasn't happened. So somebody made a liar out of me. On that note, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on our website, phillyfrenetics.com Social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram At Philly Frenetics We'll still have quick picks, right John? 100% 100% Okay. Well of course, yeah, you've got the lead You've got <laughs> to build on that, right?
0: Yeah, and I want to see yours every week So that way I can just match whatever you have We'll just play it out as well, is Well
1: John, you go first as the leader As the winner, you go first <sighs> i can see the wheels turning you're rethinking that well before you come up with an alternative solution let's call it a day john have a good trip enjoy your concert enjoy the wedding good luck to your cousin and good luck to the birds
0: go birds